0: On today's episode of Word of God Speak, Pastor Lee shares one particular question that is asked in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, that when answered, teaches us that Jesus is the answer for the world today. He is the only one who can save, heal, and restore. Listen once again to the Word of God Speak. We're uh, Looking at the great questions of the Bible, one that uh, has been written about, one that has is also found in an old hymn uh, that talks about the bomb of Gilead. And so today's question comes from Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 22. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 22. And the question that we find here today Is is there no bomb in Gilead? We'll explain that a little more as we go. Is there no bomb in Gilead? There in chapter eight and verse twenty-two, the Bible says, "Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about?" Let me read that one more time. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for our time of worship. And Lord, we just pray now that you would speak to our hearts uh, through your precious word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen to start this morning hopefully being able to uh, relate this passage to the things that we are experiencing and seeing in America today and as I began to think about that I actually began to think about the preamble to the constitution which says we the people of the united states in order to form a more perfect union establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish the Constitution for the United States of America. Now, in the preamble of the Constitution, we have a a summary of principles that have guided our country for centuries that our country has been founded on. Principles such as liberty and justice for all have governed this great nation for centuries and have guided us safely to the point of human history in which we now find ourselves. America, the beautiful, is indeed a blessed nation. And yet... These blessings, which are from God, no one else, are often neglected or not even recognized, even by some of those who name the name of Jesus. Much is taken for granted here in America. And instead of the credit for our success and prosperity being given to the Lord, we look to the efforts of great men and women history. We pride ourselves on being a great nation and indeed I do believe that we are. But we're a nation that no longer desires God. We're a nation that no longer desires to be under God. We've replaced Him with idols formed with the lust of our flesh and the desires of our hearts. We've exchanged the truth Today's so called truth is based on feelings and the popular opinions of our day. Man's word is greater than God's, and thus we rely on philosophy, psychiatry, and science to be our authority rather than the Bible. Rather than acknowledge God's gifts to us, we act as though we are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Many in America today live with absolute disregard for God. And the United States possesses many of the characteristics that the city of Judah possessed in the days of of Jeremiah. And so, before we go any further, let me encourage you after today to at least read the first eight chapters of Jeremiah and uh, see the similarities between America and Judah in the sixth century. We're looking at a passage of Scripture that is unfolding. Uh, really in the life of the prophet Jeremiah. We have here uh, one of the longest prophecies in the Old Testament. We are told in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 21, and this is uh, some of the ways we can see similarities. They have perverted their ways. They have forgotten the Lord their God. Jeremiah 7 27 through 28, "...when you speak all these things to them, they will not listen to you. When you call to them, they will not answer you. Therefore declare to them, listen, this is the nation that would not listen to the Lord their God and would not accept discipline. Truth has perished. It has disappeared from their mouths." America is a great nation. We are also a sin-sick nation. Judah was a sin-sick nation. And Jeremiah is one of the many prophets that God raised up in those days to proclaim judgment against them. And if you read Jeremiah chapter 1, you see God calling him out and God commissioning him to speak on his behalf to the people of Judah and even sometimes to the people uh, people of Israel about their sinfulness and calling them to repent, calling them to come back. It's in the midst of this message of judgment judgment that we find today's question. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about? And so real quick there in verse 22 of chapter 8, we have um, an an analogy being made. We have a comparison between physical healing and spiritual healing. And there is this idea. here that just as sick people who are perishing need physical help, spiritual people who are perishing need spiritual help and healing. And there comes our question. That's the basis for the question in the midst of this proclamation of judgment. Judah needed God's healing and restoration. America needs God's healing and restoration. We need God's salvation. We need a divine intervention in our lives, in our cities, in our towns, and throughout the country. America. In Jeremiah chapter six uh, 7 leading up to this passage we have really a message that he is preaching in the temple there and uh, it's basically can be summarized like this. Repent or else judgment is coming. And we know uh, if we've studied our Bibles at all that throughout the Old Testament prophets were called by God. They were raised up to pronounce judgment against the people because of their sinfulness and because of their wickedness. And the whole Idea was to call them back to God to, to encourage them to be responsive and care about the their spiritual conditions and come back to the Lord for that healing and that spiritual restoration. Jeremiah chapter 7 in verse 34 says this: I will remove this is this kind of sets the stage in one sentence for us remove from the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem the sound of joy and gladness and the voices of the groom and the bride, for the land will become a desolate waste. So here's the Proposition: Here is the judgment. Here is what God is proclaiming through Jeremiah to the inhabitants of Judah in the 6th century. Question. What causes God to become righteously angry with a nation to the point of judging them? That's a good question, isn't it? think we find some of that answer here in chapter 8 of Jeremiah. And the first thing that we note to help us answer that question, again, what causes God to become righteously angry to the point of judging a nation? First of all, it is the behavior of apostasy. The behavior of apostasy. The Bible says in chapter 8, verses 1 through 3 that time. Now that phrase follows the verse I just read to you out of Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 34. Let's back up there and get a running start. I will remove from the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem the sound of joy and gladness and the voices of the groom and the bride for the land will become a desolate waste. At that time that's chapter 8 and verse 1 at that time This is the Lord's declaration. The bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of her officials, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the residents of Jerusalem will be brought out of their graves. They will be exposed to the sun, the moon, and all the stars in the sky, listen, which they have loved, served, followed, consulted, and worshipped. That's apostasy will not be collected and buried, but will become like manure on the soil's surface. Death will be chosen over life by all the survivors of this evil family. Those who remain wherever I have banished them. This is the declaration of the Lord of the armies. Apostasy is the abandonment of God something or someone else. And the Bible here is very clear throughout Jeremiah that the people have turned from God and turned to idols. And here in the first part of chapter 8, we hear that their ancestors' bones are going to be pulled back out of the graves and they are going to become as dung, as manure, under what? Under the celestial skies, under all of the objects of nature and of the universe that they had made idols and were praying to and worshiping. What you see here is those things that they had abandoned God for were not going to help them. They were going to continue. To perish. One of the words that's used throughout the Old Testament to describe this debauchery or this apostasy is spiritual adultery. Oftentimes, Israel and Judah uh, is referred to by the prophets as an adulterer, someone who has left God and is cheating on God. This passage, among others, really helps us to see that it was not only happening in general, but it was happening among the spiritual leaders, among the preachers, among the prophets, among those who were leading spiritually. Let me just give you a couple of references. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 19. Just jot it down and I'll read it to you. Your own evil will discipline you. Your own apostasies will reprimand you. Recognize how evil and bitter it is for you to abandon the Lord, your God, and to have no fear of me. And verse 28, But where are your gods you made for yourself? Let them rise up and save you in your time of disaster, if they can, for your gods are as numerous as your cities, Judah. So here we have the prophet Jeremiah speaking on behalf of God about their apostasy, about the behavior of apostasy, spiritual adultery, idol worship. All of those terms describe the spiritual condition of the land, the things that the people were participating in. May I say to you this morning that America has many idols. We are a nation that is quickly forgetting God and replacing Him with sex and money and drugs and careers and sports, material possessions, other people, false gods of other world religions. The behavior of apostasy is exhibited all throughout America. Did you know that uh, the U.S. public school system began with the Bible? Yeah, we're surprised today because it's a far cry from the Bible today. Five years after establishing the, the Massachusetts Bay Colony, the Puritans started in Boston the first elementary school supported by tax money. In 1647, they passed an ordinance which marked the beginning of the U.S. public school system. Among other things, the ordinance required at least one qualified teacher for every 50 householders and a grammar school in every town of more than 100 families. It also put the Bible in the center of its curriculum, asserting this that it is one chief project of that old deluder, Satan to keep men from the knowledge of the scriptures. I can remember my grandfather talking about a day, and this was in the 60s and 70s. Some of you uh, may remember this, but there where he was, pastoring Rocky Creek Baptist Church, the elementary school was right next door. And each year as they got ready to plan their calendar, the principal of the middle school, or the elementary school there, would call him. And he would say, we're getting ready to put our calendar together, and we don't want it to interfere with anything the church is doing. My, how times have changed. We have, in America, the behavior of apostasy, just as it was found in the days of Jeremiah. We have attacked the sanctity of human life and aborted millions of babies. We've killed millions of children and called it a choice. We've perverted God's intentions for human sexuality with same-sex marriage, sexual orientation and gender identity laws substituted the theory of evolution, which was as you know now postulated by a racist for the truth of creation that's described by God himself. And so that sets the stage for the question: Is there no bomb in Gilead? Secondly, I want you to notice not only the behavior of apostasy, but the attitude of apathy. The attitude of apathy. There, chapter 8, beginning in verse 4, it says, You are to say to them, this is what the Lord says. Do people fall and not get up again? If they turn away, do they not return? I mean, this is sort of a rhetorical question. It's a a nonsense kind of question, right? What he's saying is when people fall, they get up. They know to get up. Why have these people turned away? Why is Jerusalem always turning away? They take hold of deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid careful attention. They do not speak what is right. No one regrets... His evil, asking, what have I done? Everyone has stayed his course like a horse rushing into battle. In other words, they're paying no attention to their wrong, and they are full speed ahead. Like a horse rushing into battle, even storks in the sky know their seasons. Turtle doves, swallows, and cranes are aware of their migration, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. And what is being said here is that even the animals that God has created observe the laws. of Nature, but his people ignore his laws that they have given him. Can I tell you that there is here the attitude of apathy? Judah was stubborn, unresponsive, uncaring, and certainly unrepentant not care what God has done in the past. Because Jeremiah has reminded them of what happened in Israel. He's reminded them up to this point of the good and the bad. They do not care and they are unrepentant. They do not care what he has said or what he is now saying through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah there's several verses that we could lead up to this idea of apathy. Let me give you a couple of them. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 25. We find this idea of apathy. Keep your feet from going bare and your throat from thirst, but you say, "It's hopeless. I love strangers and I will continue to follow them." That's a reference to the people of Judah saying, "I'm good." going to continue to love strangers, the idols I'm going to continue to follow them our case is hopeless let me skip over to chapter 5 and verse 12 and listen to what this says they have contradicted the Lord and insisted listen to this, it won't happen harm won't come to us we won't see sword or famine And so not only are they apathetic towards their spiritual condition, they're in denial. They don't believe anything is going to happen. They believe they can do whatever they want to do without any consequence. It's not that they didn't know or that they couldn't hear what Jeremiah was saying. It's that they didn't care. And they supposed there would be no consequence for their actions of ignoring Jeremiah. God. Can I tell you that describes a great many people in America today? Like the horse rushing to battle, continuing to do what they want to do in disregard for what God has said. Somebody said the nice thing about apathy is you don't have to exert yourself to show you're sincere about it. Right? Nothing happens. Many today have chosen to ignore God. They have chosen not to listen to His Word or to those preaching His Word. Many have heard the call to repent of their sins, to turn away from their sins, to accept Jesus Christ as their salvation, but have not responded. There is a real spirit of apathy even sometimes creeping into our churches today. And then I want you to notice something that I hope we can relate to, and that is the heart of agony. You've got the behavior of apostasy and the attitude of apathy, but all throughout history, there's always been one or two that have a heart of agony, and they're agonizing over the spiritual condition Of their people, Jeremiah chapter eight, verse eighteen. This is uh, this is describing Jeremiah. My joy has flown away. Grief has settled on me. My heart is sick. Then in chapter 9 and verse 1, it says, If my head were a flowing spring, my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night over the slain of my dear people. You know, the sad reality is that not all so-called spiritual leaders have a heart full of agony over the sinfulness of America. Notice I said so-called spiritual leaders. Some have actually accepted what the Bible calls ungodly behavior as normal or okay. I'm going to tell you, in America today, we need some weeping prophets. And that's what Jeremiah was known as, the weeping prophet. We need God-fearing men and women who will cry out against the moral decay of our nation. But rather than hearts being broken over sin, oftentimes we find ourselves in a society and even in some of the, I hate to use the words, uh, uh, churches, if that's what you can call them, celebrating sin. Churches don't celebrate sin. Churches don't embrace sin. The church of the living God is offended by sin. The church of the living God offers the answer for the sin problem. Many so-called churches even embrace sinful Lifestyles. Here's what the Bible says about that in John, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. No one who is born of God will continue in sin. That doesn't say that no one who is born of God will never sin. It says that those who are born of God will not continue in sin. You know what that means? That means sin will not be a habitual practice. First John helps us to understand that those who practice sin regularly, and there is no remorse for their sin or conviction of that sin, they are not born of God. They may label themselves with the label of Christian, but that's not what the Bible says. And the question is, do we care about what the Bible says? The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, No one who is born of God will continue in sin. Some of your translations may say will continue practicing sin. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Can I tell you something this morning? If you are a born-again believer, the Spirit of God has brought conversion into your life. You have become a new creature in Christ. When you sin, you will know it because the Holy Spirit will convict you. And you will need to respond to that conviction by repentance, by asking for forgiveness those who continue practicing sin, and there is no remorse, which is evidence of salvation or repentance or conviction, that those are all evidence of, of someone who's truly been born again. Let me share with you this morning that we need people, men and women of God, spiritual leaders in our churches, pastors, To weep over the sin of our nation. Not to be apathetic. Not to keep on going like the horse rushing to battle as if nothing's happening around us. Listen, things are happening around us. We can turn a blind eye, but that's what they were doing in the days of Jeremiah. And then the last thing you'll notice here, which is always... The message of the Bible. What you have in verse 22 that we've already read is the provision of an answer. God provides an answer. The Bible says in verse 22, again, Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So, why has the healing of my dear people not come about? Now, Gilead was a territory east of the Jordan known for its medicinal plants, trees, and flowering uh, plants that would provide ointment for physical healing. And so, when Jeremiah, where God, Jeremiah, having this conversation uh, continually throughout the book about Judah, this question comes about is there no bomb in Gilead? The answer is yes, of course there is bomb in Gilead. It's rare and it's found in Gilead, there's plenty of it there. So the question is, what's the problem? The problem is the people aren't applying the ointment. They're not receiving the balm that is present in Gilead. God was still on his throne and he was ready to forgive and to restore Judah if they would only repent of their sins. So here's a question that that I know that many ask today, even in a despairing way. Is there an answer for America's problems today? Is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there a bomb in America? In the midst of America's apostasy and in the midst of America's apathy, there is hope his name is Jesus. He is the only hope. He is the only way. There is none other who can save us. There is none other who can rescue us. There is none other that can heal us. But we must be willing to apply the ointment. We must be willing to receive the balm of Gilead, which in the Old Testament here represents the person and work of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to The Word of God Speak, the sermon podcast of Pastor Lee Merck. We hope that you were blessed by today's episode. (laughs)